Welcome to the So Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. Welcome to the So Love Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. As you know, it is still October, and we are just getting into our domestic violence series. And I'm so excited to have Erica here with us today. She's from Mississippi. She is a hairstylist. She is such a beautiful person inside and out. And she is a domestic violence survivor, and I thank her so much for coming on here to tell you guys her story and to help someone that may be struggling with the same issues. So how are you, Erica? I'm great. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so just tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, what do you do, and then we'll get into your journey. Well, um, I'm originally from Mississippi. I currently still reside here in Mississippi. Uh, I am an active hairstylist. I have been doing hair for probably 26 years probably now. I have two beautiful girls, and um, I, I, I mean, really, it's, it's, I'm full of life. I'm full <laughs> of life. So, um, we'll, we'll just get right into it, basically, since this podcast is about domestic violence. So, can you kind of walk us through your story of your experience with domestic violence, um, like a particular relationship, um, how it started, how did the domestic violence start, and and basically how you got over it, how you got through? Um, well, I will start with the only and um, incident that I've ever encountered dealing with domestic violence, and it was through a marriage. And I got married when I was 25 years old. Um, At the time, I already had a three-year-old daughter. And um, I was kind of really naive to, like, the world. I I had always been working as far as even in high school. I've always worked. And it was just, you know, um, a carefree life as far as I, I knew of. And I met this young man, and I thought that that it it, it was everything, you know, that it, it I thought it was everything that I would want in a relationship first. And um, it was going well, and it was it was moving quickly. It it actually moved very very quickly. Um, three months into dating, uh, he proposed, and after that, we got married six months later. And believe it or not, the violence started the night of the uh, wedding. What? And it did. It started the night of the wedding. Um, he had accused me of, um, you know, me still kind of being interactive with my daughter's father, which was not the case because actually he lived in Michigan. So we didn't have a really, really, really close relationship. I knew that he loved his daughter, but it wasn't to the point where, um, you know, I'm going to see him or I'm making frequent calls or, you know, anything to be alarming to where he would be, um, you know, upset. Uh, that was the, actually, let me go back because I'm, I'm, I really do have to come out of denial. Let me stop. I had saw signs before the marriage. 
Um, we had a, 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 a little gathering with, we invited some people over and we had a barbecue and it went from um, just everybody having a good time to where it was a lot of things that were out of place. And it was a young lady that was there and he was kind of pushing up on her. And, and later on when everybody was gone, I asked question him about it. And he got very, very upset. And um, it, 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 was, it, was, it was physical. The altercation was physical. And I wound up leaving. And I went, you know, like we all do, go to mom's or go to dad. And with me never experiencing a situation like that, I really was just dumbfounded at the whole process. Mm-hmm. But when I got to my parents, and I don't know if it was on a level of a traditional love and, well, you know, everything will be okay. And, you know, it's just, you're probably just overreacting. And I, I really had settled for that excuse. And at that time is when he had asked to marry me. And I was at the age where... I wanted the dress, I wanted the cake, I wanted the gathering. I never looked deep into myself to see why do you want to get married. I just knew that that was protocol for a relationship. You know, you don't want to be living with a man and um, you're not married, you already have a child, you need that stability. So I never really dug deep into, you know, to have a, a, a logistic foundation for a marriage. It was all superficial. It was the dress. It was the cake. It was the, you know, the flowers and everything that, that, that came with it. That is where my mental was because that is really what I knew about a marriage. You know, I wasn't born when my parents got married. I only had black and white photos of that. So um, I didn't really understand the sanctity of marriage because my mom and my dad got a divorce when I was um, in the fourth grade. So how old are you about around that time? So um, I didn't have my dad in the home. And so I kind of just knew that I wanted that, you know, for my daughter. Right. And um, and so I, I did. I went through it. Uh, like I said, after that, it was three months into that. He proposed. Six, uh, three months later, we were married. And that's when that night occurred again with, um, you know, it was verbal abuse. And um, I kind of was in a place where I was so happy to be in this position of being somebody's wife. I apologized tremendously, you know, to, to assure him that, you know, that wasn't the case. I'm not that type of, you know, woman. This is, this is the life that I've been waiting for. I can assure you that, you know, we will not have issues like that. But of course, I'm sure that, um, you know, he probably brushed it off. I'm not sure really where it just triggered because it, it came out of nowhere. We were actually enjoying our honeymoon and it just, it, it really did just come from nowhere. Um, that night went and the next day came and of course, you know, it was, it was just normal. And now probably four weeks into the marriage, I found out that I was pregnant with my daughter, my, my youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. And so now the train of thinking has changed where this is definitely have to work. You know what I'm saying? Because now we're growing a family together. I didn't have any intentions on not having any more children. And, you know, I always had it, you know, open a line of communication that, you know, if you wanted more, we can have more. 
Um, while I was pregnant, you know, I was physically abused. And a lot of the time, it was really for no reason. um, He had a bad day. um, I didn't cook. Mm. Or um, just it it was a lot of simple things. But it was was always after he would drink. Mm. And it had got to where, you know, it was little small incidents where it was probably a slap. And then it became more volatile as the years had went on with um, being choked, I've been tied up, I've been raped, um, I've been put out of the car on the highway, I've been um, mentally abused, and um, to where the the self-esteem was surely gone, and I was still holding on as, you know, in my late 20s, holding on to the marriage. And at this point now, I don't have any reason for leaving because where would I go? Because I did not want my family to know that I was in that situation. Nobody had any idea that I was going through that because now I'm thinking I'm an adult. I should be able to handle it. Um, it's, 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 you know, and then I, I started making excuses for I started making a lot of excuses for um, I don't know, you know, each incident was different, but as the relationship went on, as, as the marriage went on, it got worse and worse. Um, I can go to work. I had started working because I, I really was like a, uh, um, as a, a stay at home mom initially. And I was so eager to go back to work because I have been working since I've been 16. And I was so eager to go back to work and I had found this perfect job with, um, you know, the hours that were convenient for me to, you know, pick up the kids from daycare and school and what have you. And, okay, just give me a sec. But um, I was working and then I will, I, I, he would have all these accusations of, you know, I know you're fooling around with somebody at work and, you know, some, and, and I will always ask him, you know, well, how would you know this? And then it'll go, well, I know somebody that's there. Most, <laughs> most of the things that a narcissistic does. And yeah, um, I know somebody there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and they called me and they told me that you'd be in this room with this person. And I'm like, well, no work is getting done if I'm in this room with this person <laughs> all the time. But at the time, I am still in a position where I'm trying to prove myself. You know, I wanted to validate my worthiness so much that I really did tolerate a lot of that abuse for a long time. And uh, I remember one night um, I I, I did, I worked visual at a retail store. And if anybody would know what visual is, it's the person who put up all the decorations, redesigned all the mannequins. If there's any signs that say you go to the restroom, it's to the right, it's to the left. That was my job description. So, of course, sometimes it takes you um, to go from one retail store to another. Well, we all had to do a remake at the North Park store, which is in Ridland here in Mississippi. And um, we were revamping the Belk store there. So I wasn't at the store in the Metro Center Mall because we were all there. Well, I had asked him to come and uh, pick me up because, of course, I was off. And then he was like, well, you know, I said, well, I'm in North Park. 
and and it went to you know why the f you're there. It was a lot of verbal abuse on the phone, and at this point, I was adapted to that, mm-hmm. and you know. Explaining myself constantly, like, well, you know, the job center side, we had to do a major revamp. So it's people here from the coast, it's people here from everywhere there's a belt store. Everybody was at this particular belt because they wanted, you know, we, we were revamping. So he came and, and, and he picked me up and he was he was he was drunk. He was drunk. And he had my girls with him. And also I need to add that, you know, his daughter lived with us too. He had gang custody of her. Um, how did he get that? Well, when we first got together, he didn't, he, he, he had her and I, 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 I didn't see it then, but that is what captured my heart that this guy is loving. He got his daughter. He's fighting for his daughter. He had gave the picture of the mom, such a horrific monster that I was on board to fight for her with him. And, um, you know, even all the way up to court, you know, and then we they got, you know, the preachers up there and all these neighbors and all these people and the aunts and the aunties and the moms all testifying on his behalf that he is this superb man. And, uh, you know, at this point now, we were not having traumatic problems where, you know, look, I don't think this should go in his favor. You right. know, like I said, uh, I'm helping him fight, you know, and he had created her as this absolute monster so and and that's how that took place you know all you have to do is really anybody that's probably being in and out of the court system know all you gotta do is make it look sweet for the judge and you know it'll probably it'll probably work in your favor he was a stable person i don't believe that the mom was working at the time so you know of course any judge in family court is always going to kind of favor the income where the child can be care of and then he had had the child so long it was considered stability so it wasn't really hard to convince the judge either but it it, it doesn't help that you got the preacher up here talking for you <laughs> it doesn't hurt you know that's like sort of the cherry you know the cherry on top and you know me seeing them you know testify on his behalf also kind of gave me like wow you know this is a great man so, but he did, he did, have, he had all of the girls. Um, but what, that that particular night, I remember, you know, him punching me in the side of my face as we were riding home. While the and, kids were in the car? Yes, ma'am, while the kids were in the car. And um, the two oldest kids were, let, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. The two oldest kids were in the car because the baby was, um, she was with his mom a lot because she's retired and they live all the way into another city. So um, that was kind of starting to help as far as like, you know, with us having to, you know, be freed up as far as uh, financial care for daycare. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, he, 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 he absolutely why he was driving and he was, you know, going into this, you know, you, you wasn't working over there. I think you were, um, you know, you over there seeing the same, you know, the N-I-G-G word um, <laughs> that uh, you were fooling with over there. And so you got me coming over here. Why he ain't coming get you? So I'm explaining to him, like, no, we revamping the store. And before I can get anything else out, he, he did. He punched me in the face. I remember my, my head hitting the window on the passenger side. And 
I just started crying just uncontrollably at this point because I knew this wasn't right. I absolutely knew this wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But once we made it to the house, um, he actually made me stay in the truck and he got the girls out and they, they were at home. So he took me to this land that's out on County Line Road. And, um, he, you know, he was yelling and hollering and, you know, pulling my hair with his right arm, you know. And um, all the way to this, this land where we just come, it's, it's pitch black dark, and we come to this, um, like a little pond. And I remember him asking me to take off all of my clothes. And I'm in the middle of nowhere with this guy that I absolutely have no idea what he's going to do to me. Um, but he proceeded to take off his belt, and he, you know, he, he beat me. Oh, wow. And um, he, he was, huh? He beat you with the belt like he was whooping a child. Absolutely. Absolutely. He proceeded to beat me. Now I'm fully undressed. I am fully undressed. And so he, he grabs me and he, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at a weak point because I've been crying for now almost three hours. And, um, you know, I'm weak and he's dragging me to um, the pond. And I just knew that, you know, that is where I was going to be because he was saying that, you know, I can, I can drown you right now when nobody finds you out here. And I knew he wasn't telling the truth because I, I felt like we was in the middle of nowhere. And um, at that point, I got on my knees and I was just begging for my life. I'm like, please just don't, you know, don't leave me out here. Don't, don't kill me. You know what I mean? I was just, you know, just begging anything, saying anything to just, you know, live. And so once he, you know, he was pacing back and forth as if he would, he didn't know what to do or where to go from there. You know, I, um, he was like, well, get back in the truck. And once I got back in the truck is where I started to, you know, kind of slowly put my clothes on because at this point I don't want to move wrong. Mm-hmm. So, and, um, we made it back to the house and he, he laid out and went to sleep like it was nothing. And I remember not sleeping for like the next four days because that's how afraid I was. I didn't know what the next move was going to be. So I, I didn't call anybody. I didn't, you know, call the police. I had family that I could call, so I'm not going to make this excuse. No, there's nobody there. It was. All of those choices were mine because at this point, my mental state is very much so broken. And and I don't even know what sane is at this point. And so the um, next day is Good morning. How you doing? You know, did you have a good night? Like nothing ever happened. Like nothing so, ever happened. No, like nothing ever happened. Like I, 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 it just, you know, when he came in and even kissed me on the face, I would have this lean, like you know, with my eyes closed, hoping that he wasn't going to strike me. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like I said, it went on for a few days, and then. Another day will come up, and it's another incident. And um, another incident, I can't really recall how the incident happened, but we wound up getting into an argument. And at this time, I'm like, okay, I'm fighting back, you know. So we're in there arguing, and 
he sees me, which at this point, I'm still not smart enough to know, okay, there's a lamp right there. Don't look at the lamp. He see me looking at the lamp. Oh, you think you're bad, and you think you're going to, you know, oh, you think you're going to fight tonight, huh? You know, and so I remember him taking the lamp, and he throwing the lamp and breaking it. And at that point, he took me, and he tied me up with an extension cord, my feet and my hands. Wow. And he, you know, and he left me like that for a long time, you know. And he was kicking me in my back and, you know, punching me. And, and you know, I I had, um, I, I at this point, I knew I had to call somebody. So I wind up calling his aunt. And his aunt came and got me. And she hid me out of her house. He didn't know that I was there. But I think uh, another one, another aunt, I'm not sure how he found out I was there or if he just started looking for me. Because um, once he untied me, I, I, I wind up calling. I can't even remember because I have blacked out so much. But I remember making that phone call to her, asking her to please come get me. And she met me down the street because I had started, I just started running. And she met me down the street and uh, took me to her house. And that's where I was, you know. I, I think that was like the first night that I kind of actually ate and fell asleep because they were like, you know, it's going to be okay and this and that and the other. So that morning, he comes over, and he was beating on the door, and uh, I know she there and in there, so I don't know if anybody called or how he knew, but he knew I was there. And he was um, ranting and raving about, you know, that's my wife, and y'all can't keep her in there, and I want her to bring her so-and-so, so-and-so out right now. And they was like, no, you know, you can't, you, you know, you can't be – hitting on the girl and stuff like that. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to beat her ass every, you know, on and on and on mm-hmm. if I want to, you know. And at this point, I knew he thought that what he was doing was okay because this the next day. Because usually the next day be, you know, I'm sorry, you know, I'm not going to do it again. I, 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 was, I was drunk or I was just mad. I promise you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to straighten up. Every day after had been like that except for this time. And, um, Anyway, I wind up, you know, coming from out the back so it can calm it down because, you know, his, his grandmother is there and, and everybody's upset. So, okay, let me just, you know, talk to him. And they were like, you don't have to go with him if you don't want to. But, you know, here I am, this broken person. Right. You know, and I want to be with my kids. And this is what I know at this point. This is my, this is my life at this point. So I do leave with him, and sure enough, from the time I got in the car to the time I got back to their house, it was chaos. It was absolute chaos. Wow. So he pretty much fought you on the way home for even yeah, longer. It, yeah. It was, it was um, I think he punched me in the chest. And, um, you know, was telling me, I don't, and, you know, I don't, I don't call nobody when, you know, uh, if, he, if I got a problem with him, you know, I don't call nobody. So now I, I just, at, at this point in my life, now thinking back, you know, that was the setup for me not to cry out for help to anybody anymore. Now, mind you, I have a very huge family, but I, uh, uh, men, crazy men in the family that I could have, <laughs> you know, called and we could, we could have been at this in the bud. And, but for the fact that this is what, this is my life now. This is what I knew. Wow. So at what point did you finally like 
escape and get away from him and like enough was enough i stayed in that marriage 10 years 10 years i stayed in that marriage it was so many other dark things he was um you know we had a broken sink so we had a bucket up under the sink to kind of kiss the water until you know he can get it fixed and the girls would wash dishes and of course we would dump it but one particular night it was late and they didn't and he had um woke them up and made made them stand outside in the in the, it was cold and made them stand outside in the cold in their pajamas and uh because they hadn't taken the bucket of water out to dump it and it was occasions where he didn't let them eat hmm. because they he, they didn't feed the dog you know um it was times where he would my daughter uh mostly he would you know whoop her the most you know mm-hmm. and i guess it was because it wasn't his child but he would he would whoop her the most but he would always undress them and whoop them he would and um so the last incident is when we were out, um, I think it was like the beginning of football season, and we were out tailgating. And he accused me of, you know, I guess flirting or, or sleeping with him, or, uh, or, but it was one of his cousins. I mean, this is somebody that we went fishing with. This is somebody that, you know, we, when we go over to the house, it's just nothing but love. His wife is, you know, just beautiful. Their family just beautiful. I wouldn't, you know, nothing in my mind because I'm I'm at the point where I'm not thinking about doing anything outlandish, you know, because I know what I got. Right. And, um, you know, the argument came from me like, look, you know, this, this has to stop with the accusations. And then out of all people, this is a first cousin of his. And so, you know, to accuse me of, you know, wanting to sleep with him or, no, he accused me. He accused me of sleeping with him. He's like, I see how y'all be looking at each other and this and that and the other. And I just knew his cousin didn't have no idea of that because this guy here, just his wife was everything. Now, I don't know what went on in their home, but he gave us the image that his wife was everything. So it, I, don't, I don't see how anybody could find a, any room for him to accuse him, even with a random lady, get mm-hmm. alone. I am now married to your cousin, so I am considered a cousin, you know, and, um, you know, he had accused me of that, and it it went into a really big fight where he pulled out an old shotgun on me, and this is the day, and I know people are like, wow, you waited too long to fight back, but, you you know, you just never know what somebody's going through, but this was the day that, that Erica fought back. Oh. And I whooped him so bad. <laughs> I really did. I whooped him so bad that when the police came, they arrested me because he had he was black and blue, baby. What? Black and blue. And so I remember um, the sergeant was a young lady and she came over and I was in handcuffs when she got there. And she was, uh, you know, instructing the guys to take me out of handcuffs. Now, mind you, when... I, well, my girls called the police. And when they got there, he's black and blue and scratches. They oh, they put me in the handcuffs because he's the one with the bruises. I, not one scratch did I deem. 
not one. And because I wasn't going anymore, you know. Yeah. And and when she came, um, you know, she was instructing them to, you know, y'all take these handcuffs off this woman, you know. And has anybody talked to the children? They nobody had talked to them. So she had went to the back of the house where they were, and they told her exactly what happened. And I was telling them when they were when the guys were there, I was, you know, I was like, look, he pulled a gun out on me, you know. And he proceeded to have an altercation with me. And I defended myself. And and I remember times where I did call the police on a lot of drunk nights and where the girls were calling the police. And every time they would come, he'd be gone. And you know what? And this is Jackson Police Department. Well, you know, if he come back, call us back. Well, well, what if I'm dead by then? Exactly. You know, if there's, I, I can't make a, 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 a complaint or can I file charges? Can I press charges? That was their response every single time they came. And so with that being said, when they came back this time, you would think that, okay, he was there because he didn't know that they had called. They had, um, I think I had him down and I kind of, I need him, you know, while he was down, you know. <laughs> I need him, so he went down. At that time, I hurried up and grabbed my phone out of my purse, and I took it in a room, and I threw it to him. And I remember them, they called the police first, and they wound up calling my sister. And so this is, this is the first time my family knew that I was going through this when, when you know, she called, they called my sister. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the police got there, and they out there talking to him, because when they knocked on the door, he answered it. He was like, oh, oh. So you gonna call the police on me? And I was like, I hadn't called anybody. Now you know I, I don't got bad now because you you want some more. <laughs> I you got one to fight. Like <laughs> I ain't called nobody, you know. And he and he had to go and answer the door. And when he answered the door, you know, like I said, he's bruised. And so you know, he tell him, yeah, she jumped on me. And then, so they speak to him first. And when I came out, and they was like, Miss Lewis, you know, with the flashlight because the house is dark. Ms. Lewis, uh, you, you mind stepping out front, please? And so when I come out front, and they was like, would you place your hands behind your back, please? And I said, for what? They was like, well, you know, we, 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 we're, uh, we're taking you down for domestic violence. I said, you got to be kidding. I said, you got to be kidding. I said, look, he started to fight. You know, he just got the bad end of it this time. I said, but he absolutely started to fight. And, well, you know, he's the one with the markings and, um, you know, so we, and, and that's how they did that time. Wow. And that was, that was before they changed the law here where both parties go to jail. You know, mm-hmm. really it wasn't both parties go to jail. Okay. You know, ma'am or sir, whoever was the victim, you know, they stayed and they took the accuser. So while I was standing there, that's when their sergeant came and, um, you know, she, it was a lady. And she was telling them, you know, to, for them to take the handcuffs off me. And she went and spoke to the girls. And when she came back and she was like, y'all didn't even talk to the kids. But that was, that's all. you know, if I had knew what I knew then, I would have probably went to eternal affairs on them. But I didn't. My thing was, I knew this was my chance to get out. So in the middle of me talking, I remember her telling me, you cannot come back. She said, I want you to get as much as you can. Do you have anywhere to go? And I told her, yes, ma'am, I do. And she said, you cannot come back. She said, because a lot of times when I come to these things, it'd be a body, a light body. 
And this shook me to the core because although I had met death a lot of times in the in that situation, I never thought that it it, it could have ended in death. And when she had put it to me that way, I knew I could not come back. So I took every little bitty thing, like their book bags, their stuff, all of this, their stuff. I didn't take anything. And when we left, I never went back. Never went back. But okay, so after that, um, he did. He was arrested, and I think he was ordered to alcohol um, program. He had to do counseling, um, uh, and I think all of that was court order. But I never made it to court. So the domestic charges was dropped. But I didn't know about court because they summoned me at the address that mm-hmm. I didn't reside in anymore. And I'm, I'm not thinking I need to call them and tell them where I live because they might. I really didn't. I thought that, look, they got him. They know it was a situation. I'm sure if they look up the police records that he, I've been calling on him and that the state would just take the case, you know. But that wasn't the case because I didn't show up. The case was dropped. But he was ordered to anger management and all type of things like that, um, from my understanding from the therapy, because we all had to do therapy uh, together. That was part of, um, um, I guess, uh, his um, sentencing, if, if, I guess, if you, mm-hmm. if you may. But... Um, I, 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 after that moment, I never went back. I never went back. And even after I left, it still was a lot of abuse. We had um, we had a Toyota Sequoia together. And so it was the only vehicle that, that I had. And so I left in that truck. And uh, this was, now the girls are still living in Jackson. I mean, they're schooling in Jackson. So I was transporting them from Terry, which I, cause I moved in with my mom from Terry to Jackson. This is our only means of transportation to and from school. And he had text or call and was like, well, you know, if you're going to keep the truck, you need to get it uh, maintenance. And I called the the place and you could take it up there and need a timing chain. So on my way of dropping all of them off, I am in school, you know, um, I, I had went back to school and all that. So I was in school and when I went back, I, I, got dro- I dropped the truck off, and I had a cousin to follow me so we can drop the, the truck off. And when I came back that evening for the truck, it was gone. And the gentleman that I was looking for and who I left the keys with, because he had gave me instructions who to give the keys to and this and that, he said, baby, when you left, she said, he said, your husband came and got that truck. Wow. Um, he didn't offer any assistance in financing or, you know, nothing. He was, he was absolutely, he, he was just a monster, like to the core, even, even to this day, I have not spoken to him and it's been nine years, nine years now. Wow. That's so we, amazing that you had the strength to actually leave before it got to the point where he did maybe kill you or do some type of harm to you that, you know, you couldn't get back to being yourself. Yeah. But you know, and I can't give myself too much credit because I stayed absolutely too long. And in the midst of that, I knew what was going on was wrong. I knew what was going on was wrong, um, but I, I I was a stay-at-home mom because after I, after that North Park incident, I wound up just not working anymore. 
Because if I felt like if you feel better with me not working, you know, that's what I want for you. You know what I mean? I, I can stay at home and I started up like I started up several businesses. I started up a trucking company. I had uh, my own line of jewelry. And I, I, I had, you know, I, I had still found a way to be creative because although I had been through a whole lot of things, for some reason I wasn't broken. And, and, and a lot of that I stayed because I truly wasn't broken. So I thought I was burying myself in other things because I was truly broken. Yes, and there are so many women out there fighting the same struggle, fighting the same fight. And I hope that whoever hears this, it touches them because you've touched me, girl. I got chills throughout this podcast. <laughs> Just listening to your story, and it's very brave. And I'm so glad your daughter's called the police. And honestly, that you got out of that situation. So, do you have any encouraging words to another young woman? That may be dealing with the same struggle or young man, you know, men get abused too, but specifically. That's absolutely right. Men men absolutely do. And they are the most silent. I even even I know a lot of women stay, but men are the most silent because they are taught not to cry. They are taught to be tough. They are taught that women are weak. And if you ever think about telling somebody that a woman is whooping on you, you know, you're considered a you know, a, a punk or whatever the, the, the terminology is. So they are absolutely, it's two different types of advice because one is where we are complacent in those situations because we absolutely don't have anybody. And I'm speaking on adopted kids who were mistreated by parents and when they got older, they just said, you know, I'm, I'm just through with it. And they found their life into, that, into the husband and now they're trapped where they can't get out. And then you have that complacent where, you know, you've been raised as this, you know, um, this princess all your life. And so, and you probably have been warned not to date this guy. And so now you're too embarrassed to come forward. Or you could just be in a complacent where you have already been broken, probably abused as a child. And I too suffer from abuse as a child. And it wasn't until like now, in this life of mine, did I realize why I was sad? Because I'm telling you, at that time, I'm thinking it's for the family. No, it was because I was immune. And I didn't have a podcast. And we didn't have um, a whole lot of, you know, formal panels where they spoke about uh, domestic violence and mental abuse and, you know, and, and the difference between the two, which had no difference. We didn't have all of that. Uh, a lot of us learned a lot of a lot of it from our parents at that time because you know they came up in that era where you say uh, whether or not it's good or bad. You know those vows are for better or for worse. And yeah, you'll take that Bible beating all the way through your life. But <laughs> um, my words of help, it is no reason now for us to not be able to reach out if the family is not there. If, 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 if you don't trust the police, you know what I'm saying? If you have to hide next door until you can get to a woman's shelter, because from there, they will help you pick up some of those pieces. They will help you with proceeding on restraining orders, 
uh, finding work, place of employment, daycare for kids, because we know that a lot of bad women have children, and that is a lot of the similarities with domestic violence. Because usually if you're by yourself, a single woman, and you're going through that, it's easy for you to leave. But mm -hmm. to drag a child, and you don't know where you're going, you don't have any money, because a lot of those situations come with impairment of you're not working. If you are, it's part-time. You're not, you're not saving enough because you're probably taking care of the minor things, tissues, toiletries, diapers, clothes for the children. So you're kind of expunging a lot of your expenses because it's not so much, you don't have as much. Um, so a lot of times those things be crippling, the, the fact that you don't have any money. But those places will absolutely help you start a life. The next thing I would say is that you have to move now because the longer that you stay, the mental part, it never goes away. It never goes away. It carries into other relationships that I do not care how much you think you have healed if you have not touched faces with that mental um, dysfunction that you have, you're going to always think that somebody's out for you. You're going to always think the next guy, when he yells, and he could be just talking out of passion, you're going to think he's in argumentative, you know, and you're not going to know the difference with the narcissistic and somebody who just loves you and they just, you know, they, they're going to fight for you, you know, and then so you start to become the abuser. Mm. Especially when you find somebody who is not abusive to you because this is what you know. This is how you treat, oh, you don't want to wash the dishes. You know what I'm saying? You a sorry so-and-so because that's how you've been talked to. So it becomes a norm, especially if you have stayed as long as I did. And that's why I am definitely speaking from experience. I was that way. I was that way. I did not have a stable relationship. And every relationship I had until I had touched bases with where it was coming from was absolutely toxic. Absolutely. It, 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 it's not just, oh, I'm leaving. It's about repairing the damages that was done. The same way as you put the makeup over the eye, you know, to try to hide it can be the same way you get up and go to work and you don't have, you know, you don't have any type of health a professional to get you back together. You just masking scars. And I promise you, I don't care. You you just feel the that's the best feeling in the world to get out. It's the best feeling in the world to be able to sleep and you know nobody's gonna come in the room and throw hot water on you or got a gun into your head or you being, you know, pushed out of a moving car. Or, you know, you 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 being left at home on, on nights that, you know, y'all should be together. And um, then, you know, other things come into play because now you've been downplayed as, you know, you ain't nobody because they already see you not standing up for yourself. So the respect for you is gone. And so now the cheating starts and it's, 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 it's overwhelming at a sense, but, the, but it's, it's so easy for people to say you can get out. And I know for a fact you can. And it's not easy. I'm not going to tell anybody it's easy to get out because I do understand that, you know, most people that's in abusive relationships, they're going to have you where you don't have a ride. So, you you know, you at home pretty much all day while they working. And like I said, you don't have any money. Where are you going to go? You can't even catch the bus to get away. 
Right. You can you can you can call the police. Oh yeah, you can call good old police all day long. Guess what, baby? They gonna take you to the police precinct, and you just gonna sit there for a few hours. And then when you get released, where you think you going? Right back there. Right back there. Right back there. So find true help. Find true help. Men and women alike. You have to find true help where people can help you start picking up pieces. Mm -hmm. So you can at least start to have some way of helping yourself. And when you started working and you're getting money and you're paying your own bills, you will find some sense of comfort in knowing you're not dependent on anybody. But yes, you do get lonely. But if you do not heal, you're going to continue that cycle. That is so true. Uh, Make a plan. Get out and pray, lean, tell people about it, talk to your family and friends about it and don't be ashamed because I know a lot of people stay silent and if they voice it to their parents or their families and friends, um, maybe they can help you or they could help you get out. But if you are out there and you're dealing with domestic violence, it's not okay. Don't let him no. take you into thinking that is normal and it's okay and he's mm-hmm. sorry because if they do it once, they will continue to do it until they mm-hmm. get the help that they need to mm-hmm. stop whatever triggers them. And mm-hmm. anyone out there, if you're going through it, if you need help, get help today. You can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one 800 799-7233. They're available 24-7. You can even chat with them on the internet where you don't even have to call and speak with someone over the phone. So if that is you, we love you and know you are not out here fighting alone. Absolutely not. 